The following was recorded during the COVID-19 pandemic through Zoom meetings in accordance with local health guidelines. Hi, I'm Mike Maloney, and welcome to another CSRM podcast. Today's episode is hosted by Dr. Greg Linville. Hi, welcome back to another CSRM podcast, and I'm, I'm really delighted to have a, a very special guest with us today. Tim Chu. Tim, welcome to the, to our podcast. Hi, Greg. Great to be with you this morning. Yeah, and, and uh, we're just kind of starting uh, down a road together. We, we've come become aware of one another and, and some of the things that resonate in our hearts together. In, in essence, there's some thinking that Tim is doing and some writing and some different uh, activities that he's involved with that is helping us to begin to think about how things like faith and fitness can integrate, how activities, sports and rec and these kinds of things and liturgies and and different things can actually find some new meaning and some new expressions that are very vibrant and very exciting. And so, Tim, I'm looking forward to hearing some of your thoughts on that. But let's let's, uh, introduce you a little bit to our listening and viewing audience and whether you're uh, listening to this on your commute to work or on your treadmill or you're sitting someplace and you're viewing it on the screen, know that you are now going to be introduced to someone from across the pond, so to speak. Tim, where did you grow up and, and where, where are you now? Yeah, um, so I grew up in the home counties, which is just outside of London. Um, about 20 minutes outside and originally from the UK um, but I spent my most recent years living in West London. Um, I'm an avid uh, football supporter. I know you guys translate it as soccer so soccer, I apologize sure. for that. Sure. <laughs> um, but Shepherd's Bush, uh, Queen's Park Rangers is my team uh, for my sins and uh, I, I grew up around kind of you know living and breathing sport. Uh, it was how you know, I interacted with friends. It was how I expressed myself in multiple ways. I played sport seven days a week, different sports, all the sports. Um, and now I reside with my wife. We live on the west side of New York in Hoboken, New Jersey. Um, we're just there right across the, the water, uh, 15 minutes on the path. If you're not sure, it, it might have the zip code of New Jersey for which it receives a lot of bad press, but Hoboken is far more easily commutable than many other parts of the city. Um, yeah, and it's a wonderful spot. We love where we are, and being on the waterfront on the west side, it's uh, it's a beautiful spot, green space. Yeah, really, really blessed. Now, we've we've uh, come in contact because of the Faith and Fitness magazine, and and you know, connections that we've had there. But we we found out that we've got some other uh, background together. And this is interesting. I just thought about this today even. 
that when you and I have talked before, I have been listening to sermons from what you would call, I think, a mentor. Uh, and and here he is, Rico Tice. And Rico, what's his official title at All Souls Church there in London now? Um, I think traditionally he's been associate pastor. Yes. Um, but he's heavily involved with them, you know, their mission and um, their evangelism, essentially. And he came um, out of the sporting world. He was a, he was, I, I would call him a, even a world-class kind of athlete. And um, that's where I first got to know him because he was involved with a, a, another group that we, we uh, talk a lot about, you and I, and that is Christians in Sport, which is a UK-based sports-related paraministry, mm-hmm. really trying to reach that elite athlete and coach and be at every level of sport in, in the UK. And so I've, I've really come to appreciate the fact that Rico's influence in the sports world, but also in the ecclesiastical world, the world of the church. And so I'm listening to sermons that he has done over the last few years because my own personal Bible study is going through the Gospel of Mark. But maybe you yeah. could you could speak to your contact with Rico and and some of that background. Yeah. So Rico is a large part of the reason why I'm a Christian. Um, when I first started exploring faith, I I worked in a in a school which is within. I mean, I guess it. I'm not sure if it's classed as their parish, but um, it's just behind Primark on Oxford Street. So it's just by Regent Street, right next to. It's about a five ten minute walk to, uh, I mean, I would say five, 10 minute walk, but I run sometimes, don't I? So it's probably a 15, 20 minute walk. Um, but it's within close proximity to where I used to work. And because of that, that was where I was in midweek small groups. And I, I attended a, a number of church services there and listening to Rico's sermon one New Year's Eve, he just brought faith home to me. Um, it was a, what they call a watch night service and Rico preached and it was a message um, about fighting against sin. And, and he just preached the house down and it just resonated with me. And every time I struggle, I go back and listen to that sermon again. It was my, you know, almost eureka moment, I guess. Um, and then I had several, you know, I had three or four one-to-ones with him. And, and he helped me to, you know, although he wasn't presiding over that service, he... He was a part of my confirmation and a part of my whole discipleship in, in that context of just speaking into my life and bringing light to my to my soul. So, yeah, he's a large part of why I'm a Christian. And, it's just and we would talk about... Go ahead. Sorry. We would talk about his, his love for rugby and following sport. And after church, we'd go and have a, you know, a, there's the beautiful panoramic views of the, the city in London in a hotel just opposite all souls and we would go there afterwards and he might be watching the rugby and we would just sit and, and do life. You know, it was very easy, easy and light. And, uh, it's just interesting how, uh, small the world is, as we say that you and I have not known each other until more recent, uh, but yet our paths have crossed, uh, with people that we have both associated with. And if there's anybody that might be picking up on this, this podcast in the UK, we really recommend All Souls Church to you. And I've attended there personally. And uh, of course, the, the longtime 
I'm not sure if he would be called vicar or rector. I don't want to get that wrong. I don't, but he was certainly the, the preacher par excellence there, John Stott. And and John and I spent some time together and and it's just been a wonderful church that has been doing lots of wonderful things for the gospel. And, and speaking of church, uh, Tim, tell us a little bit about your ecclesiastical background. Yeah, um, so I'm a great believer in the um, baptismal ecclesiology of the fact that we're all called uh, 1 Peter 2.7, you know, as part of the royal priesthood into, into ministry. Um, that it's, we're all called as pastors, we're all called as preachers, we're all called as lay ministry, we're all called as congregants into the same relationship with Christ into, you know, being convicted to to share Christ's teaching with others and to lead people to faith. And so through that, I've experienced, um, I guess, an ecumenical background. I've, I've gained insight and I've learned different traditions, especially since I've arrived here in the U.S., working for different denominations, experiencing different... Um, types of Christians and, and different types of Christianity as well. Obviously with all the different settlements, church history in this country is far different to my own country. And there's such a variety, there's such a depth to the church in America um, that I don't think unless you came to live here from a different country, would you really understand the church of America? Mm. A lot of press is focused on certain areas of the church, but that doesn't really give a true reflection of its beauty its radiance and its light that it is so diverse it is so well represented of the globe not just you know america but every part of the world through you know the, the dutch and the reformed church or the, the germans and the lutherans or you know the, the the european to the african to the middle east and all the asian there is a representation of christianity here in this country um, and so I, thought, I find it very rich every time I hear of, you know, just I was coaching a sports session and, and one of the kids said to me, oh, don't forget to celebrate the Serbian Orthodox Christmas as well. <laughs> and it, it's that kind of experience that we resonate with um, here in the US, which I think is why um, you hear about unity being such a stressed importance today across political spectrums, but as well within the church. And I think that that's so important for us as Christians to recognize our differences, but to celebrate our differences, not to theologically dispute them because we come from different places. It doesn't mean that our relationship with Christ should be different. And Jesus's prayer in John 17 was that we would unite as one body. Um, and so that's really my ministry. I think I love sport. I love Jesus. And it brings to light that ability that we would invite anyone to come and play sport with us if we were having a rare game of our favorite sport and we wouldn't look at them differently or because of their um, level of experience we would invite them to play and i think that's what christ wants us to do he wants us to be childlike and to invite our fellow christians into this opportunity of of play if you like and and sport provides such a great platform to do that um and it equalizes a lot of our differences. Well, we we could end the podcast right there. That's that's a great message, even there. Um, but I'd like to go a little deeper on this. And and what is your sporting background? Yeah, so I'm a marathon runner at the moment. Um, I grew up very 
intent on becoming a professional soccer player. Um, I had a bad injury when I was about 18, 19, and some certain decisions which didn't go my way. So I became very passionate about giving people opportunity to play sport. I became a, a teacher. I taught business, but I had a, a large part of my extracurricular activities based around sport. I trained to be a, a swimming teacher, a, a football coach, and, and then I, I ended up becoming a physical educational teacher as well. So I trained in business with uh, peers being one of my extra subjects. And then as a result of that, I, um, I became so much, you know, so passionate about allowing others to play because of the experience I had when I was at school um, in a pivotal moment of my own kind of career opportunities to become a professional footballer. I wasn't selected and I, I never really understood why and, and, and haven't since. And even I had teachers and, and players try and take goals away from me that I scored in crucial matches that got us into the next phase of a cup. And so I understood the, the kind of privilege and I understood the, un, the unknown with you know, opportunity. And so I just wanted to share that love of opportunity to other people. So I became a, a physical educational teacher and now a sports coach. So my first sport here in the US is a marathon. I, I run the New York Marathon. I ran the Atlantic City Marathon in the fall. And I run 5Ks, you know, once or twice a week uh, regularly. But I also coach tennis to K through 12 and, and adult classes as well. And so because I taught and, and coached physical education in the UK, I have quite a, a varied sporting background. You know, I can coach squash, I can coach track and field, I can coach badminton, I can coach tennis, I can coach soccer. So in the spring, I'll be coaching soccer. At the moment, I'm coaching basketball. And I'm also coaching tennis. So I have quite a varied sporting background in that context. And then how do we integrate those two? The, the idea that, that we can integrate our, our faith, our worship, our whatever you might in, in envision when you think about faith with our sport. This is something that people have been trying to figure out for a long time. And I, I'm appreciative of some of the ways that you're thinking about this uh, in, in new expressions. Uh, tell us briefly, if you can, um, where you are academically, because I know that some of this is coming out of your academics, is it not, even? Or you're, you're taking your passions into your academics is probably a better way to say it. Yeah, I think faith is something which we... Um, can academically and emotionally uh, experience. So the academic side for the intellectual, you know, if you're a skeptic, you need to understand intellectually why we believe what we believe. But also, there is your emotional intellect, which you need to understand why do we participate or take part in certain things. So for me, when I was a non-Christian, I, I, I grew up in a Christian family, but my parents divorced I lost my faith. I decided to actively choose to go to non-Christian schools as a result, kind of a rebellion against the church when I was 13 and really didn't come back to faith until I was around 24, 23, 24. And only then I spent four or five years exploring. And, and even after that, I had, you know, formational years where I was still living differently to how a Christian would be recognizable. Um, and the reasons that I 
came to faith and was able to practice discipline was through the discipline of sport. And I brought that into my faith. So rather than having faith and bringing that into my sport, I was bringing sport into my faith. And I think that was kind of my conversion experience, if you like, is that I was able to recognize that it was okay to be an athlete and to be a Christian. Not that it's okay to be a Christian and an athlete. And I think a lot of people have that experience where if you're a Christian all your life, you're not sure you can play sport. Whereas for me, I was an athlete all my life and I didn't know if I could be a Christian. So my experience was that I was wanting to understand both intellectually and emotionally, how could I be a Christian? And so when I understood it intellectually, I grasped at it and I didn't have that kind of eureka moment. But then when I realized I was forgiven and that grace is, is given, I could then understand that sport is grace given to me as well. Like it's God's creation. God gave us his bodies and we are, you know, products of the Holy Spirit, temples of the Holy Spirit. And so through that experience, I was able to then release my faith as a burden to my sport, which was funny. It was the reverse, I guess, of what most people have with the sport on a Sunday morning, you know. Oh, the sport is the reason for so many of, of people's obstacles to faith. But actually, it's the reverse for me. I was a sports person and I wanted to be a Christian but I didn't feel like I could be because I was an athlete. And so those, those kind of questions, I think, form my practice in that I don't see my faith as, if you like, my first sport or my first thought. Sport is often how I approach God. So I will go outside for a workout and I can only pray when I've ran to the location I'm going to pray to. And then I come into a formation of prayer and I start reciting the Lord's Prayer as I stretch, as I warm up, as I begin to start my exercise. And then I can pray and have dialogue with God. And so some people say, oh, I need to, to wake up with coffee and pray to God in the morning, whereas I need to go out for a walk or a run and engage with my body and the elements of being outside in the Lord's creation. And then I can pray to God. I mean, I don't do it every morning, but I, I try to move. And oftentimes when I'm subconscious laying in bed, I find it more difficult to pray. And I think, you know, I'm a great advocate for the, the Alpha Course. And Nicky Gumbel speaks about this in his testimony of when he goes out for a walk, he finds it easier to pray than sat down where he falls asleep when he's out walking and praying like a labyrinth walk. Um, I think I've spoken to you a little bit about the contemplative tree before. And part of the contemplative tree includes an element of, of, of faith and fitness or sport and rec. And, and the labyrinth walking is part of that. It's like walking with God, walking as a pilgrim and, and being a part of the formation of your own consciousness and dialogue with God. And I think that that's how really as we move, we experience the Holy Spirit and we have more access, especially when I'm outside in the elements, even in the winter of New York, um, to, to get that kind of fresh air, to get that new um, encounter with God, because you can just see God everywhere in the seasons, in the, in the snow, in the sun, in the sand. And it, it just brings light to life for me in the, in the moments of, We, we uh, lost your video or your audio there a little bit, Tim. Uh, sorry. I was just saying that the, yeah. the sport and faith element come to me more when I'm outside and I'm yes. experiencing, encountering God in 
in an active and right. you know moving living being in, with in a God. integrative way yeah and um I think those that are listening or watching are beginning to pick up the heart of Tim and this this integration and how it it, it enhances and expands the whole overall experience, both of the heart of the athlete as well as the heart of the person of faith. Uh, we're down to our last just couple minutes here, Tim. In in uh, maybe a minute or less or so, you can say, what is what is your hope? For people to be able to do this, got a got a general hope for people that can that they can think about to integrate this. Yeah, I, I think it's really important for us just to remember the basic parts of sport and the basic parts of faith. I love so it. So when we go to exercise, we try sometimes so hard to be the extrovert, but actually the most simplest way to engage sport is to walk, to go for a jog, to go for a cycle, to go for a swim. And I think you can do this with any of those. And you don't have to necessarily take your Bible with you. You can take one verse and simply sit with it. And it might be that you decide to take Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God with you. And so if you go for a, a run on the treadmill or if you're going for a cycle out on the countryside, you can take that verse with you and you can say it when you start. You can say the Lord's Prayer, dedicate the time that you have on the road or on your run or on your bike to the Lord and then enabling that verse to sit with you and, and just asking God to speak to you. What would you have me do, Lord? How would you like to speak to me through this verse? How would you reveal yourself to me in this moment? And just by inviting the Holy Spirit into your activity, by inviting the Holy Spirit to come into your fellowship time and using that for God rather than putting it as something for your health or your benefit or your training program it, it can be for the lord and it's not that those things you know the, the bible says that it's spiritual value is of more worth than physical training you know so we can do both and by together using those even better i love you know? it and and what you what you're describing i think of the word communion and uh, i know this is something that you're thinking about and and how we can actually think of the lord's supper and communing with the lord in these ways well as you can tell those of you that are listening and watching there's some depth of thinking here well tim uh, our time has uh, come to an end and i want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and time and sharing with us and uh, i'm sure there's stuff that's coming up on the screen about how you can get in contact with tim and also being aware of some of the things that he's writing and you're going to be seeing some of his writings and some of the blogs that CSRM uh, produces here in the future. So Tim, thanks so much for joining us and helping us think about these things. Yeah. Blessings to you all. And thanks for your time. The CSRM podcast is a production of the Association of Church Sports and Recreation Ministers and their video production house, Overwhelming Victory Flicks. Dr. Greg Linville is the executive producer, and Andrew Fouts is associate producer and editor. For more information about CSRM, visit csrm.org. For more information about Overwhelming Victory, visit overwhelmingvictory.org. The CSRM podcast is the flagship member of a new podcast network called Overwhelming Victory Radio. For more information on Overwhelming Victory Radio or to listen to our partner podcasts, visit overwhelmingvictory.org backslash OV radio.
For CSRM Podcasts, I'm Mike Maloney. Have a blessed day.